Welcome to the English. Hello and welcome to the English Waffle, a podcast for advanced English learners looking to improve their listening skills by listening to real, spontaneous, and unscripted conversation. My name is Mike, and each week Owen and I do a bit of waffling on a random topic, and occasionally, like this episode, we invite along an interviewee who we feel has something interesting to share. Before I talk about the guest for episode 32 of the podcast, I want to begin with a few shout-outs of thank yous. A number of you have written in in the past few weeks to say how much they've been enjoying the English waffle during lockdown and the last few guests that we've had on the podcast. I want to say thank you so much to to everyone who's taken the trouble to write in. It really it really motivates us when whenever we receive a message from listeners um it gives us the lift that 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 we need to keep going really on the podcast as essentially this is for you that we do it for as we hope it will be useful for your english listening um we've had a number of really good suggestions for future topics so thank you for that we'll definitely be acting on some of those so some facts about the guest for this week Tom Graham is a mutual friend of another Tom, Tom Jones, who appeared on the English Waffle a few weeks ago to talk about pubs and English language learning, if you remember. Tom is a published author, TED Talk speaker, and founder of sustainable tourism organization Make a Difference, which is based in the Philippines. During our conversation, we talk about a range of things and in particular how Make a Difference has had to adapt due to COVID and the fact that nobody can travel at the moment. We talk about the opportunities to educate people online about some of the issues that they deal with around social entrepreneurship and global challenges that face all of us. Remember climate change? That was a big conversation before COVID. Uh, we, We talk a little bit about that. Tom explains how he was inspired to set up a tourism company which benefited both the local community in the in the Philippines and also tourists who are looking for something a little bit more meaningful than an average beach holiday. About 15 minutes into the interview, I play a clip of one of Tom's social entrepreneurship projects and you can see more of this talk and Tom's TED talk in the links that accompany the show notes and on the website. Worth listening right to the end of this interview, which is about 25 minutes in length, as Tom shares an idea of how the Philippines might escape being left behind in the global race towards progress with a very innovative idea. I begin by asking the question to Tom, just how big is Manila? Back at the end with a little wrap up, but for now, enjoy the conversation Tom and I had on the waffle. Welcome to the English Waffle, where we'll talk about random stuff. We'll take you on a journey where you'll find out soon enough that listening to the waffle is an entertaining way of sharing with you foreigners the things that British people say. Woo! So join us on the waffle and strap yourselves in. Pretend all earth in minutes of English listening. Good question. Um, well, 
um, Metro Manila is um, so it's not actually it's not actually just one city. It's um, I even I thought it was seven or eight cities, but I think I even got corrected on that. I think it's twelve something like that. Twelve cities. It's in, it's in double figures of um, cities all sort of grouped together. Okay. Um, and uh, of which the most famous one, but not the biggest, is Manila. So I actually live in a city called Makati. So that's why a moment ago, um, instead of, I couldn't say I was from Manila because I'm not in Manila, but I am in the greater sort of urban area of Metro Manila and in one of the cities that's part of that. Okay. And how, just to give a handle on how big it is, I, I, my knowledge is, is, I'm very ignorant to be honest yeah. uh, how, how big is are we talking is because it's, yeah. it's it's the most um most densely populated city in the world apparently again i hear that as a so it's it's um it's uh it's about 20 20 or 25 million something like that um but it's all very densely sort of packed in so is it something you notice day to day is it something that kind of walking down the pavements is it is it is it is it is it a conscious thing you re, you sort of you're aware of and it that's why it's so weird now because i look out of my um i mean i look out of my window and um you know i'm used to at this time it's it's getting into rush hour traffic and um there's just no one on the streets it's super weird yeah that that was where i wanted to begin this conversation really is just to to, to address the elephant in the room which is is coronavirus and I, yeah. i've Kind of, we we haven't really been talking about it much on the on the podcast, or even really, really with a lot of people. I think I think conversations have been steered towards other things, really. Um, but it is very much an unprecedented time that we're going through. It's. Yeah. I always feel tinged with guilt, really, when I I think about my time because it's it's been a brilliant time for me to just stop um, and pause. Right. And yeah. Uh, get off the gravy train that is London. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but then I also feel that, 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 that I mean, that's my reality, right? So, yeah. Kind of, yeah, no, I, I I'm, uh, well, I've, I've experienced it in different kind of waves. Uh, so initially, um, shock horror, because I had a travel business, right? Which, um, travel bans are not great for travel businesses. So um, we pretty much, I mean, over, almost overnight just lost 100% of our business with virtually no hope of it coming back, right, in the next year. I mean, let's face it, who's going to book a holiday right now, especially all the way to the Philippines? So, so I went through that. Um, and then I went through, um, but I guess I'm, uh, I'm just naturally quite, probably for, um, for, you know, for good and for bad, but I, I, I just, I just tend to always want to see the good in, uh, or the opportunities in, in bad situations. And I'm glass half full. Yeah. yeah. I am a bit like that, I guess, glass half full. And, and, um, so we've seen opportunities through it. Um, and, um, you know, we've started a market, an online marketplace, um, and we've started doing a lot of online education. So we already did uh, educate. We were an educational company, basically doing, um, giving people a chance to learn about sustainable development goals. And um, now um, through connecting to communities and now we're 
still doing that, right? But doing it online. And it's just interesting because you suddenly see there's so many opportunities that didn't exist before, which now do exist. So um, it's, it's closed one massive door, but it's opened quite a few others. Um, and so, you know, that's cool. That's really, that's really positive to hear that. Um, maybe just by way of introduction, we could go for, for the sort of listeners. I'm recording now, so we'll just, um, okay. you know. Uh, it, can I pop very quickly just get a glass of water? Is yes, right? of course. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, just by, by way of introduction, I, I, uh, I watched your, your TED, TED Talk um, on... Uh, uh, on Tom's recommendation. So Tom's a mutual friend of ours. How did you get to know Tom? Uh, he, he used to be my boss. Uh, I was teaching at a school in, in uh, where was I, Cambridge, about, well, four years ago, something like that. Yeah. So this is Tom Jones, who, who was on the podcast a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, I think. And, uh, and we both, we both know, know Tom, who's a, who's a very much character. Um, but I, I was, I really, really enjoyed watching your um, very eloquent and humorous account of, of a foreigner trying to navigate his way through an alien transport system. Oh, God, yeah. It, it brought back memories for me of um, uh, living in Mozambique. Uh, well, my brother lives in Mozambique, but to, to go and visit him. Um, and there they take around these little, uh, what they call chapas, which are small mini buses to get from A to B. And it, it, kind of what you were saying about this idea of how to get, how to, how to pay, how to, uh, you know, how to, how to just be a human being on these, on these things with a completely different culture set. Yeah. It's fascinating yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, uh... The thing about the Philippines um, is that because they speak English and they have a Catholic culture, yeah. um, they're a, and they're quite Americanized on the surface, uh, sometimes you think you understand more than you actually do. But once you go beneath the surface, you realize that they're actually, you know, uh, it's the other side of the world. It's a completely different climate, completely different, um, you know, history. Yeah, um, temperament, and uh, so yeah, there's so many opportunities when you're abroad to sort of be exposed to that, and and sometimes you do end up looking like the proverbial um, idiot abroad. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's no bad thing. Um, yeah. What took you to the Philippines in the first place? Uh, journalism. So I was writing reports on um, different emerging economies around the world. Um, and so I spent some time in South Africa and in Botswana before that. And then mm -hmm. I was sent to the Philippines, yeah, eight years ago now. And, right. um, yeah, expected just to stay a very short time, but yeah, it was eight years ago. And, and you're now, you know, you co-founder or you founder originally, right? You, you are, it's your, it's your brainchild. Uh, making sure. I mean, I'm the co myself and, um, and a Filipino guy. We, uh, we started, uh, the social enterprise. Yeah. And how did that come to be? Um, well, so I, so, um, the talk that you watched was, uh, connect was basically a, um, um, a, a talk centered around my experiences living, um, in um, the communities of one of the biggest NGOs or charities in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I wrote a book 
on my experiences living in these communities, which were basically built for the, originally for the poorest uh, Filipinos. Um, uh, and, um, but they were built in this spirit of solidarity and um, real sort of uh, connectedness. And it was really, really inspiring to be there. So I wrote about these communities and then I spoke about them in, uh, you know, in talks like the one that you watched. Um, but then um, uh, from there, uh, one thing I noticed in these communities was um, the one thing that which seemed to have, the one most important thing which was, had enabled these communities to transform and to um, uh, live, uh, you know, to both physically build these communities, these houses, but also to live life with more hope for the future was this sense that they were no longer left behind. Um, and um, we then saw this opportunity through social enterprise or through tourism to um, build um, uh, uh, sustainable travel experiences which connect people from around the world that want to have a more authentic experience when they travel um, with communities which are perhaps in really beautiful parts of the country, but they're sort of left off the, um, you know, off the typical tourist route because everybody goes to the same resorts and the same beaches. And yet the most beautiful parts of the country are often those that are most uh, deserted. Um, so that's where we saw this opportunity to actually um, work with some of these communities to develop tourist experiences from homestays and cooking classes and some, some kinds of um, uh, ecotourism kind of activities uh, such as reforestation and stuff. Uh, so yeah, we got the idea. Um, and uh, then we set up, we, we set up the company about, about five years ago. And, uh, yeah. What I, what I really liked about the, visiting your website um, and getting a feel for what you guys do was this idea that this is not something you're going to parachute in. You're going to be there for a couple of years and then go away somewhere else and save inverted commas somewhere else. Um, because I think there's this danger of sort of fetishization. Is that a word? Fetish it is now. Sort of, um, you know, uh, white middle-class people predominantly um, traveling and kind of coming in and, 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 and being the savior. Um, yeah. For me, what what I think others will see on your website is this idea that you work very closely with the local community, and they're part of they're they're embedded in the DNA of your. Is that right? If that's yeah. to say, yeah. that's kind of your. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very different to. Um, so, if you develop a normal tourist uh, experience, right? Like, uh, let's imagine you're going to send people to uh, a popular island in the Philippines, or you're going to send them to the Costa del Sol or wherever it might be, right? All you need to do is basically identify a nice hotel, do a deal with the hotel and say, okay, we're going to send you X number of guests every, every month, right? And it's quite simple. Um, now, with what we're doing, uh, of course, the, the communities themselves are not in any way, when we began, we're not in any way prepared for uh, receiving guests, right? Or, or for... so so there was so much um, relationship building that went into it at the beginning um, and really convincing the, 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 the communities that we weren't just there to show up at Christmas time and hand over some like, you know, some, some Happy second. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Like to say, no, look, um, tourism can, if done in the right way, 
can become a real opportunity for you to not be left behind anymore, right? And, and we had to convince them um, that this was not just going to be a once-off thing, but it was going to be a long-term project. So we, yeah, that, that, that's the only way we could do that was simply through being there. And so this was the real, again, coming back to tourism, it, it created this positive loop because we'd run an experience with the community. The community, of course, earned money from it, but they also gained a lot of confidence in their own culture and social skills and so much else that came as a result. The guests loved it because Filipinos are just naturally warm and friendly. And you always leave a community just, we're not, you know, so many times you leave thinking, wow, I'm, you know, you just got that sort of warm feeling. And it's not from, um, you know, you don't pity people. There's, they actually have, um, a lot of these communities have, they have a lot that, that, that or they, they lack a lot, which are things they should have. But at the same time, they have something that you don't have, right, as a, as a visitor. And um, that's really challenging. And, and it's also inspiring. So, um, so it created this positive loop where, um, you know, we'd have a good experience, guests would leave and they'd recommend it to someone else or someone else would come in. So we were constantly coming back, building that relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, some of our communities now, they really are extensions of, um, you know, our kind of, I'm talking our team as a whole, it, it, almost an extension of our family. Um, and so, um, of course, that also now, with coronavirus means that we have added um, responsibility, right? To sort of help, help them. So, so how, let's talk about that a little bit. How has that shifted from, from your travel, people coming to, to experience sustainable travel and, and a, 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 some sort of program in place? How has that shifted onto an, an online platform or an educational Yeah. Well, we've got two things. So uh, one thing we're doing is, um, vegetable so three things actually we've got a crowdfunding campaign okay um where um we are basically giving people a chance to um buy trees and buy other goods which are made by one one of our partner communities so they make a lot of stuff out of bamboo so um a lot of sort of um, zero waste kind of you know items and and whatnot so um, so we've got a fundraising or a crowdfunding campaign. That's one thing we're doing to support them. Uh, the second thing we're doing, we've got something called, so the company I set up is called Mad Travel or Make a Difference, MAD Travel. Um, and now we have Mad Market, where we're supplying families in Metro Manila with fruit and vegetables. So we're getting, sourcing them directly from the farmers and then bringing them to families in, in Metro Manila. Um, and then the final thing that we're doing is um, online education. So we always worked a lot with schools and universities um, to say, um, you know, come and experience the communities for yourself and meet the entrepreneurs and meet, meet these really, uh, you know, wonderful people. Um, and now we're saying, well, look, as long as these communities have internet connections and as long as the social entrepreneurs we partner with have internet connections, there's yeah. actually a huge amount you can do. Yeah. And it's quite exciting. So we're now, connecting um, different international schools, universities, um, to uh, our communities and getting them to work on social enterprise projects or, or simply get inspired by, by um, seeing um, global challenges, but through a local perspective. So a local lens. So we all know what, I don't know, in the UK, 
we all know that plastic pollution is a is an issue mm -hmm. uh, and yet of course plastic pollution looks very different in the uk compared to um uh the philippines and yet the philippines is one of the biggest plastic polluters in the world so um through online you can actually get to connect to somebody who and they'll show you through a vlog or through video content through interactions hey this is the problem i'm dealing with in my country and this is what i'm doing about it and uh, it's quite inspiring so positive so positive and and you know in particularly through this idea of experiential learning you know and getting away from being very text very heady very very in your own head and kind of books and and yeah. uh, and more into just people because people work yeah. with people and learn from people yeah. Uh, yeah. so i really like that idea yeah i'm a i'm a massive believer in experiential learning i think that we don't lack in the world theoretical knowledge mm. right um we lack uh empathy right and we lack a sense of really really caring like we kind of say we care but then how much do we really care when push um, yeah 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 and i I've, I've been in that in i've been in that boat and i still am sometimes right i forget to care when i'm when i when i become disconnected again i also kind of get into my own head and my own world and i and i forget to I forget to really prioritize what, um, you know, caring mm. um, and being there. It, you just can't avoid it. And you're like, wow, I really do care. Like these people are amazing or, or this person has such potential and mm. he's being held back by, you know, um, so many factors. And I want to help him or I want to be part of this. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to take you on a journey to discover my life as a social entrepreneur. You ready for a hike? Let's go this way. Hello! So this valley wasn't always the way it looks today. When the volcano erupted, it buried everything here, which basically hit the reset button into society. And that really resulted in the community here being left behind technologically, food security-wise, and even forgetting parts of their culture. Oi! Basta! And so after seeing the poverty of the environment here and seeing how poor some of the people were, no jobs in the area, inability to farm. Uh, it really challenged us, like what could we do? How do we give something to the community while giving something to the environment and help them realize that it's also in their best interest to invest uh, with us uh, for their future. What's the outlook look for rural Philippines? What, what, what do people, how do people earn a living and how do people, yeah. How do people get by? This is pre corona pre, because one thing yeah. I do know is that you're at the center of like the Philip, the, the um, Philippines is, is, is kind of a, a nexus for typhoons and hurricanes and climate change. And that's, that adds to the whole mix, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. Um, something that's happened, uh, the Philippines over the last few years has become the call center capital of the world. I think it's overtaken India because uh, they have softer accents. Um, and so a lot of people that can are getting jobs in, in the, it's called the BPO industry, business process outsourcing, but it's basically call centers. Right. Okay. Um, so that's a massive industry. So a lot of people uh, 
are looking to escape the countryside um, because they see it as, um, you know, just poverty, basically. And the, um, uh, apparently the average age of a Filipino farmer is 57 years old. And if you think that life expectancy is not that old here, right, that means that they're really, really old and there's no one young doing farming. Um, so if you're young, you want to get out of the countryside and you want to head to the city. You want to get a job in a call center um, or even failing that as a taxi driver or a tricycle driver. Um, and uh, yeah, this is your aspiration. Now, of course, the reality is that, that there aren't enough jobs to go around, right? Right. For, right. So that leads to a incredibly congested city um, that I live in, Metro Manila. Right. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it doesn't work out for, for, for everyone. And of course, also working in a call center means that you need to speak pretty good English. It's, a, it's actually yeah. a job for graduates, really. So a lot of people are excluded from the, the good quality jobs in the city. But it doesn't stop them coming here um, and, you know, living in, in squalor and yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, doing their best to survive, basically. Trying their luck, yeah. Mm. so where do you go from there where do you what what's the 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 sort of outlook for 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 city for, for, yeah. for city dwellers in, in the mm, well i mean okay so here's here's uh there's Give an opportunity it, on. Come on. <laughs> i've got it i've got it guys don't worry no no um uh so um uh let's take an example right something like um uh, uh chocolate right so um, europeans love chocolate everyone loves chocolate yeah right? now we have in the uk a very famous world you know brand that i can go downstairs from where my apartment is now and i can buy myself a bar of capri's chocolate right yeah um or um any other kind of uh, international brand now uh, so we love our chocolate uh, and yet in the uk the last time i checked we don't produce any cacao right um so we have to import that as a raw material from, um, from a country like the Philippines. I'm not saying, I don't know where Cabris get their cacao from, um, but they could potentially get it from the Philippines, right? Um, because the Philippines can produce. It's a tropical country. And anything you plant in the Philippines um, will grow, right? It's a really rich, it has sun, it has rain, um, and it has a lot of land, like, like, like millions of hectares of land, which is not being used. So right. if you imagine, right, even if we could grow cacao in the UK, I think the average person would be like, well, where am I going to grow cacao, right? Where do I, I don't have any, uh, you know, where's my farm, right? Only a few people have farm. We have limited space. Very so, limited, yeah. Yeah, so the Philippines has a lot of land that's, that's basically not productive at the moment because everybody associates it with poverty. And the Philippines has got used to importing uh, chocolate bars to give just one example, right? So, right. so right. I can't get a Filipino chocolate bar. I'll get uh, a European chocolate bar when I'm here in Manila. So, um, so this is the problem, right? Is that there's a reliance on international brands. Um, there's a, a lack of kind of real pride in local brands. It's considered yeah. cheap, considered yeah. poor quality, all of those things. Um, but this is where the opportunity lies because that is changing. Um, and... Uh, in the future, right, um, the, um, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a cacao shortage, apparently. Uh, yeah, I did, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the Philippines has, has millions of hectares of land, 
um, why not um, uh, you know, use that um, not only to plant cacao, but why not to create finished products in the Philippines, right? Which are high quality. Yeah. I mean, why can't it be done? It's just a case of perception, right? We totally perceive. perception, isn't it? It's yeah. this perception yeah. of, of we don't know how to do it and, and, the, and uh, you know, developing world or developed world does. Yeah, and I think, and I think the, the interesting thing here, again, I was reading on um, impact of coronavirus moving forward is how it's going to affect uh, supply chains as well. So, um, uh, you know, we don't want, there's this um, concept uh, called uh, just in time, right? Where we get stuff, we source stuff from all around the world and because um, it's slightly cheaper, even though there's a massive carbon footprint and we're not creating jobs locally, we're creating jobs somewhere else, all of those things, right? So, so maybe there's an opportunity here if people are losing faith in just in time because they realize how coronavirus showed how fragile that is. Then they say, okay, why not produce more locally, but don't just produce it and then sell it on as a raw material. Create the goods locally. Then you can cut down on all of the carbon footprint. You can create jobs. You can create wealth in the Philippines. The Philippines can, can, can make high quality chocolate bars. And you never know. Why not? Maybe the UK will import Filipino chocolate bars in the future, right? It's not impossible. It's I mean, not impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like 20 years ago, we probably weren't buying, you know, Korean smartphones or whatever right so so times change and, and perception change. Of, of countries and brands can change so so there you go that's that's uh, you've totally <laughs> redeemed yourself from being, from being the, 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 yeah i don't know what you've redeemed yourself out, but there was a there was a point at which i thought oh, it's all helpless it's all hopeless no you no 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 no, no, no. it's not hope. i'm always optimistic yeah but uh, but it, you've got to be um well at least i benefit from being um, you know, you've got to start from a position of, uh, you know, reality, right? And, a, and an understanding of like, it is a massive challenge, but, you know, that's how the world changes and, and, it, and hopefully it changes for the better. And I think it will for sure, certainly in some ways. Um, I'm going to include links of, of in the, the notes to this, to your website and to your um uh, TED talk as well because I thought I really enjoyed that and I think other people will as well um, is there anything else I, I don't have anything else uh, my side that I wanted to um, but, no, but, but uh, yeah come and well um, come and visit the Philippines one day I guess um, it's an amazing country it's English speaking yeah. Um, it's actually a great place to even um, learn English, right? Because there's a lot of um, very, um, you know, um, very educated, very, very, very pleasant, very smart yeah. Filipinos who um, are in, um, you know, so it's a great place to come to practice your English. And also just to practice, if you want to practice a partner or whatever, it's a great place to connect to people and um, to so don't just hear it from me as a Brit living in the Philippines, but uh, yeah, connect, reach out to, to, to Filipinos in this country. And I mean, we, we get in Britain, there's uh, a lot of Filipinos living in, in, in London. There's a lot of Filipinos working in the NHS, actually. Um, yeah, there are. Yeah. Huge yeah. amounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really? It's a tough time, tough time for them at the moment. Yeah, it is. I think a lot of them have been... I've read reports that they've um, been, you know, quite a lot of them have got sick. 
on the front line yeah. yeah on the front line yeah yeah well we wish them we wish them well yeah tom it's been a pleasure to, to yeah. connect. um and i wish you all the best with your i mean we'll, we'll keep in touch i hope we'll keep in touch yeah definitely um, awesome it's, it's been a pleasure to to, to thanks to, a lot for having me on um and uh and stay safe stay well welcome to the english world. so there you have it that was my conversation with tom graham i hope you enjoyed listening to that uh if you've been inspired by tom's work why not visit his website which i'll include the links to in the show notes and you can find out more about doing e-learning courses with make a difference which would be a great way to practice your english but also uh, if you were inspired by some of the things that Tom was talking about, about how places like the Philippines can be part of all of our, our minds and uh, our vision, really, of making a better world and making a, a world that's more fair and includes everybody. Um, you might want to check that out. Um, also worth checking out is Tom's TED Talk, which is called Genius of the Poor. Uh, it's a very funny, heartwarming story of how Tom got into working in the Philippines, and I'd really recommend you watching that. Uh, as usual, the transcript for this episode will be on the English Waffle website, www.englishwaffle.co.uk, and it's episode 32. And as usual, you'll find some language analysis that uh, accompanies the transcript, so you can check what you understood, what you didn't understand, uh, and use use the transcript as your listening tool. We've got some exciting guests lined up in the next few weeks, so please stay tuned. Uh, and also we've got some topics that you, the listeners, have just suggested to us. So please stay tuned. And if you like what we do, please subscribe and support us by sharing the links with your friends. Uh, that would be That would be really appreciated. In the meantime, stay safe and hope you're coping well. Happy waffling. Welcome to the English Waffle, where we'll talk about random stuff. We'll take you on a journey where you'll find out soon enough that listening to the waffle is an entertaining way of sharing with you foreigners the things that British people say. Woo! So join us on the waffle and strap yourselves in. Ten whole earth in minutes of English listening.